Welcome to BDO in the Boardroom, a podcast series for board of directors and those charged with governance. Each episode features a topical discussion with board peers and subject matter experts on both trending and timeless boardroom issues, covering a myriad of issues including, but not limited to, mitigating risk in the increasingly digital world, navigating your board career, from landing your first board seat to succession planning in support of the next generation, to other top of mind issues such as ESG reporting, shareholder activism, and the insights we share through the BDO Center for Corporate Governance and Financial Reporting. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes or Spotify. Let's get started. Hello, I'm Amy Rojic, Director of BDO Center for Governance, and I'm so happy to have the chance to sit down with my colleague, Mark Antelik, to discuss the importance of board oversight of an organization's data protection. But first, how about a little about Mark? He is a principal in the firm's governance, risk, and compliance practice, where he runs industry data protection and privacy technology services. He has more than 20 years of experience providing data protection, data governance, digital forensics, and e-discovery services to law firms, government, and corporate clients. Mark helps organizations navigate complex national and international data protection regulations, including those that help optimize compliance across their operations, websites, and data assets. He assists clients with risk and maturity assessments, program design and implementation, website and cookie compliance, data protection by design, information lifecycle management, data governance, and technology implications implementations and playbooks, excuse me. He has served several of the world's largest organizations across a variety of industries and specializes in life sciences and financial services. So Mark, welcome to BDO in the boardroom. Thank you so much, Amy. All right. So as far as our topic today is concerned, data is obviously increasingly considered one of the highest valued assets an organization may hold and maintain. And there seems to be an endless list of considerations when protecting this valued asset. And boards are continually reminded how compliance violations of data breaches can negatively impact brand, reputation, and financial stability. So it makes sense that data protection should be appropriately prioritized on the board's agenda. So directors are responsible for evaluating data protection risk and the associated mitigation efforts, establishing appropriate governance oversight of management's efforts in these areas, ensuring that information and metrics are well-defined and monitored, prioritizing cybersecurity, and building a culture of data privacy protection. So Mark, let's talk about how directors and boards can appropriately oversee this pervasive high-risk area. And maybe we start with you giving us an overview of data protection, including both the macro view within the larger enterprise information governance umbrella, and then the micro view that examines the primary components under data protection and associated risks that make this such a critical area of focus for boards. Absolutely, thank you so much, Amy. And again, it's great to be here today. So data protection is really only one component under the larger umbrella of enterprise risk or enterprise information governance. So the bigger picture enterprise information governance really sets the tone with information management and risk mitigation around things like strategy, operations, and governance. And the ultimate goals of enterprise information governance are to optimize your operational efficiency and business performance while staying in compliance with laws and regulations. Now, data protection is a component of enterprise information governance. And I'd even further break down data protection into three areas, and those being data governance, data privacy, and cybersecurity. And Amy, you asked about risk too. And 
I think with the risk, that kind of it varies company by company and industry by, by industry. But I think generally speaking, most companies should be thinking about compliance risk, brand and reputational risk, and financial risk. So kind of digging in a bit on each of those. So compliance risk is about data-related laws and regulations. And there have been data protection regulations on the books for years. Um, but now you're starting to layer in new privacy regulations that are not only bolstering the existing ones, but really adding in consequences for non-compliance. And if you look at things like GDPR and some of the new US state privacy regulations, they have these concepts of consumer rights. You know, People now have the right to call up an organization who has their data and say, hey, what do you have about me? Or hey, I want you to delete everything that you have about me. And now organizations by law, they have a really short window to comply with these requests. And that can be really challenging if you don't have a good handle on your data. And if you're not fulfilling these requests properly, and if consumers start complaining, you might just find yourself getting a knock on your door from a regulator. And then you have brand and reputational risk. I mean, you mentioned earlier, Amy, and I totally agree that data is now the most important corporate asset. Um, I, I imagine companies are protecting their intellectual property pretty well. They're probably protecting their other physical assets pretty well. They need to be protecting their data well too. And there's a couple of layers there. Uh, and a lot of what these newer data related regulations are about is transparency. You know, telling customers or consumers or even employees what you're doing with their data. And the idea is that the customer can go read the public facing privacy notice on your website and truly understand what data you're collecting, how you're using that data, and why you're using it in that way. So there's that aspect of brand and reputation where you want to put forth to the marketplace really a strong position around your data protection. And then the other layer is around impacts to your brand and reputation if there were to be something like a data breach. I mean, data breaches have been shown to have really long lasting impacts on being able to keep customers, attract new customers, and there are the obvious financial risks as well. Things like you know stock price, regulatory fines, and the cost of the breach remediation itself. And on that note, the financial risk around improper data protection is sort of a multifaceted thing. I mentioned operating efficiency and business performance earlier. And with data governance being part of data protection, when you're doing things right with your data, you gain efficiencies. You know, information workers are able to get to better data faster, which really enables them to make speedier and more informed decisions, which then helps to drive profitability and innovation. But on the flip side, if your data governance is lacking, you're losing out on that profitability and innovation. And then another obvious financial risk is around a data incident or breach itself. And I don't want to deep dive on that today, but breaches are expensive. They take lots of internal company resources. You likely need to engage outside resources like outside counsel, cybersecurity firms. There also might be mandatory customer notification requirements and ongoing credit monitoring, additional technology costs, and all of that not to mention potential regulatory fines too. So going back to that brand and reputation risk for a second, uh, McKinsey did a study on consumer sentiment not too long ago, and they found that 87% of respondents say they would not do business with a company if they had concerns about its security practices. And also 71% of respondents said they would stop doing business with a company if it gave away sensitive data without permission. So all that to say, it's much better to be known or actually unknown for that matter for your strong data governance, cybersecurity and privacy practices than it is to be in the news for a data incident.
And it's interesting, those statistics, you wonder about, you know, the 13 percent or the 29 percent that don't seem to care, which is a little more concerning than than those that are kind of on top of things. Um, so, so thank you for that overview. I think that was great. And maybe kind of on that theme with the 10,000 foot view, maybe you'd speak a little generally about the board's oversight responsibility for data protection, and then we can get into some of the more details uh, later. Yeah, definitely. So the board plays a very important role in overseeing the organization's data protection. And I think we could probably break that down into four key areas where the board plays the very important role. One in expertise, two in accountability, three in strategy and risk management, and the fourth being compliance. So on the first one, the expertise, the board should make sure that there are leaders and advisors within the organization who are knowledgeable regarding data governance, data privacy, and cybersecurity. And further, the board should be continuously evaluating that expertise and also addressing any gaps. So if you notice any gaps in the, in the expertise in those areas, really addressing those and make sure the gaps are filled. And you know, carving out distinct roles for each of these areas depends on the size of the organization, but I, in my opinion, would say each of these areas is pretty specialized, and that's to say that data governance, data privacy, and cybersecurity are all part of data protection, but they are all separate and distinct domains. And the expertise should also be present on the board itself, you know, at least an understanding of the fundamental concepts, really kind of the things I was speaking to earlier. And then on accountability, you know, the oversight of the data protection program should really be delegated to the full board or to an individual or a committee. But regardless of how you set that up, it should definitely be documented in a charter. And the entire board should really understand who within management is responsible for the development and maintenance of the data protection program. And it should include defined, documented, and communicated roles and responsibilities. It might involve the CIO, the CISO, the chief privacy officer, chief compliance officer, and maybe even the CFO too. But I think the important thing for the board is to understand when, where, and how the ongoing reporting will take place from those delegates up to the board. And then around strategy and risk management, it, it's the board that should really be responsible for establishing the risk appetite and tolerance for the company. You know, set that tone from the top as it's really critical input to the overall data protection strategy. And then further to that, the board should make sure that any identified risks are falling within those established risk intolerance boundaries, and then make sure that management is really adhering to that overall strategy. I had just mentioned that the board needs to understand the fundamental data protection concepts, and that, that shows itself here, You know, where the board should be thinking about the organization's policies and procedures, making sure they're in line with leading practices, as well as aligned with relevant laws and regulations. And then compliance. You know, The board should definitely help set the scope of the company's compliance and ethics program to include data protection. Make sure the right policies and procedures are in place. Review compliance reporting to make sure the organization is doing what they say they're doing. And also make sure that it's still aligned with the overall data protection strategy that was set by the board in the first place. No, thank you for that. And I think um, one way that I look at that, and I'm showing my auditor two colors here, but you know, I, I think when you think about requiring a financial expert to be on your audit committee, but there's a an another expectation of the full board that they must be able to read and understand financials, right? So it's it's kind of a similar prospect, I would say, is that when a when a person steps on a board and, and their role is oversight and you're delegating this responsibility to the full board, which was kind of one of your first examples, um, as opposed to allocating it to a specific committee or individual, you know, that then it becomes 
that board member has to have an understanding of all of these things that you're talking about. It doesn't mean that they're going to go out and do, you know, a forensic audit or anything like that. <laughs> they have to yeah. they have to be able to to number 1 understand where the vulnerabilities are and number 2 understand what is in place to address those vulnerabilities and ask those pertinent questions. So I appreciate your thoughts on those. So, so maybe we go a little deeper and you can share some of the board best practices that relate to each of the data protection functions, maybe starting with data governance. Yeah, sure thing. So with data governance, data governance at its root is really about understanding the life cycle of your data. You know, what data do you have? Where is it stored? How does it come into the organization? What do you do with that does it get sent out of the organization? Does it get sent to other countries? And then ultimately, how do you dispose of it? And data governance is also about data quality. You know, things like data availability. You know, can the users get to the data they need? Or data usability, is the data the right format for the users? The accuracy of the data, is the data complete? And then data integrity, is the data the right data? And, you know, getting a little bit more tactical, data governance tasks typically include things like, inventorying and classifying data sets so you know what you have and where it's stored. And then actually mapping the flow of data into, through, and outside of the organization. And then assigning appropriate retention schedules to the different data types and enforcing those rules, it's very important, and then minimizing the amount of redundant, outdated, and trivial data that you store. And there are also ethical considerations when governing data. If organizations don't know what data they have or what data they may be required to retain or destroy or can't find the data they may need, that data can't be properly protected. And of course, that increases the risk of adverse events such as like data leakage or even a breach. And I can't stress enough the importance of good data retention practices, you know, really getting rid of data that you don't need. There's been study after study showing that an infinitesimal amount of data is actually accessed within a year or so of when it was created. So other than keeping data for regulatory or real business purposes, you don't need it. It's way too risky to keep the data you don't need. And if you don't have it, it can't be stolen. And I, I can't tell you how many companies I've worked with when I ask them about their retention schedule. They say, oh yeah, we have one from a while back, but we just keep everything because it's easier. And my response to them is, you know, is it really easier if you have a breach and that data gets stolen and maybe it's personal or sensitive data and you are holding it way beyond the retention period that you have listed in your retention policy? Like that, that is not a good position to be in with a regulator. So in terms of some data governance best practices for the board, I'd say, you know, make sure your company is following a data governance framework. And the framework should really consider all elements across people, process, and technology. And if you don't have a data governance framework that you're following, make sure that you develop one and implement it. That's really a, a guidepost for your, you know, data governance processes. And make sure you have a data governance or some data governance expertise on the board. Or as we were just talking about, you have that expertise at least advising the board. I would say also build data governance into the corporate strategy and your growth plans. You know, update those retention schedules, map new data and data flows as your organization changes. If you're divesting, make sure you have a data separation strategy. If you're acquiring, make sure that you have strong data classification around that new data. Um, another one really, you know, from a board perspective, require high quality data. You know, I talked a little bit about the benefits of good data earlier, and that can really drive both profit and innovation. So really requiring that high quality data. And we're just talking about retention. Make sure you're only collecting and retaining the data you need and no more than that. 
And then, you know, from a board perspective, champion awareness through the organization, as well as foster continuing education and change management. Those two aspects there, I, I can't speak more thoroughly enough how important they are. No, I, th- I think this is great advice. And, um, you know, I, I think particularly as companies are being required to disclose more and more, to to actually maintain, to create and generate more information publicly, I think these rules are really applicable and really timely to kind of get a refresher and hear more about them, particularly as we think as companies move towards developing um, data around non-financial reporting metrics, for example, that is is rapidly becoming the norm for many, many companies abroad, as well as starting to become more and more important for companies in the U.S. So I think this is really a great timely conversation we're having. So we mentioned a number of these functions overlap. And hearing your recommendations for the board, it seems that a number of those best practices will overlap as well. Can you articulate that a little bit further for us? Oh, they surely do, Amy. So there's definitely a thread of common best practices for the board across data governance, data privacy, and cybersecurity. And I think the first we've been hitting on it a number of times is really making sure that there's expertise on the board or with the advisors to the board. I mean, I mentioned earlier, even though these areas all fall under data protection, they really are separate disciplines. And an example of that is that, you know, a CISO may understand cybersecurity through and through, but they may not be that well versed in the global privacy regulations. And then along those lines, we may have a chief data officer who's really an expert in the data quality aspects, but doesn't understand the nuances of cybersecurity. So having that expertise across all all of the domains and really knowing where you might have gaps is really, really important. And then the other overlap is around that building awareness and facilitating the education and really implementing change management. And I'd say in all my years of experience, these are the things that need to be championed from the top. They're so critical to the success of any program. And forgive me, but is the change management also becoming a significant function with the rapid advance in technology and the access to larger and larger data sets that you're able to do more and more with? Or are we talking about something different? No, you're you're spot on there, Amy. It absolutely is. It's I mean, you hear the con concepts of big data and all that stuff. It's just change management is it's really about, in most cases, the user experience. And so if you're implementing new technologies, processes, procedures around those technologies, and you're not implementing good change management programs, your, your data consumers are going to be lost. They're going to you know, start using their own tools and techniques and, and the old tools and techniques that you don't want them to be using anymore. So the, the easier that you can really you know, make for people to follow new practices, the better and the better your data governance and data privacy um, and cybersecurity will be in the long run. Perfect. Okay. Well, I I do want to go back because you had teed this up nicely and I may have derailed our conversation. So let me just remind folks what we were talking about. So we were talking about the building of awareness, the facilitating of education and and implementation of change management. So that leads us nicely into the explanation of data privacy and board best practices in that function. So have at it. Oh, thank you. So What I can tell you about data privacy is that with the existing, new, and emerging national and global privacy regulations, privacy is a right for your customers and consumers. They have a right to understand what data you're collecting, how you're using it, how long you're keeping it, and if you're sharing it with any third parties. They have the right to call you up and ask you to delete their information or ask you what exactly you have about them. They have the right to complain to a regulator if they're unsatisfied with your privacy notice, or even if they're unhappy with the way you dealt with them exercising their other rights. 
So if I had to define data privacy, I think it's fundamentally about three things because people get confused a little bit when we talk about the data privacy aspects. So it's the ethical handling of data that directly, indirectly, or in combination identifies a living human being. It's also about transparency in the handling of an individual's personal information that is in the hands of the organization. And it's understanding that although an organization may be a custodian of personal information, that data should only be used for the purposes that have been agreed to by the individual prior to the collection of that data. And in terms of the regulations, you know, I've mentioned GDPR, but dozens of other countries have data privacy regulations. And in the US, we have California, Colorado, and Virginia. They already have regulations signed into law. Utah and Connecticut are going live soon, and there are many more states with regulations that are in committee. There was some momentum on a national privacy regulation, but that looks like it's a bit stalled at the moment. So what we're left with here in the US is this complex patchwork of state by state regulations that they do have similar constructs, but they definitely have nuanced requirements. So in terms of the best practices for the board, I'd say first and foremost, install a chief privacy officer you know, or at least assign that responsibility to someone. And the chief privacy officer's role is really to oversee data privacy compliance and privacy operations. And I would also further to that point say that you should require the chief privacy officer to report to the board. Um, you should also appoint or outsource a data protection officer. And that is actually a requirement for some organizations under GDPR. If you have operations in the EU or are controlling or processing data of EU residents, you are probably required to have a data protection officer. And it's important to note too, the role of a data protection officer is different than a chief privacy officer. The data protection officer is really more of an independent monitor of the organization's privacy compliance. And they have distinct duties that are actually prescribed in the GDPR. So another important thing is to monitor the regulations and you know, in the different jurisdictions that you're operating in to make sure that you understand your obligations. And as I mentioned, those obligations are changing as more states implement their own privacy regulations or update their existing ones, kind of like California is doing with the California Privacy Rights Act as an update to the California Consumer Protection Act. And as a quick side note there, CPRA or the California Privacy Rights Act, that actually goes into effect this January. So a heads up on that. Um, also, I mentioned that public facing privacy notice earlier. Make sure that that's up to date and it's clear about your data protection practices. Make sure you have all the right underlying policies and procedures in place to support what you're saying in your privacy notice too. You really don't wanna be saying you're doing one thing in your privacy notice, but you're actually doing something else in practice. That's totally a big no-no for a regulator. And then lastly, I'd say, make sure you have the right data privacy expertise and make sure you have the right awareness and education and those change management plans in place around the data privacy. Uh, excellent, excellent. All right. So finally, I think the buzzword people associate with data protection is cybersecurity, and maybe less of a buzzword and maybe more of a you know a unfortunate a phenomena that seems well uh, here to stay for the foreseeable future. So, what are board best practices when it comes to cybersecurity? And I know we're recording this in October, which is Cybersecurity Awareness Month. So, figured it was a, an appropriate question to ask. Yes, indeed. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I feel like cybersecurity does always get kind of top billing. Um, but as we're talking here, you know, it, it is really just one component of your overall data protection program. 
And I will mention too, I'm, I'm really rolling information security into the cybersecurity bucket for the purposes of this conversation. They are technically different. You know, information security is more about the security of data and systems generally, and cybersecurity is more about detection, mitigation, prevention, and response to cyber attacks and breaches. But we're talking about overall data protection today, so we can, I think we're allowed to group those together. So I'd say some best practices for the board around information security and cybersecurity are definitely to make sure that the CISO, not just the CIO, is reporting to the board. That's very important, very different um, you know, concepts there, very different responsibilities. They should both be reporting to the board. Sometimes the CISO reports into the CIO, um, but best practice to have them report separately. Um, I would say also, say implement things like technology accelerators, like an information security dashboard, so risks and threats can be proactively addressed. Instead of just, you know, being reactive to things, you can actually see where, you know, trends and where issues may spring up, so you can proactively address those. Definitely review your information security and cybersecurity policies. Um, also, implement and follow <laughs> a breach response plan that has clear roles, responsibilities, and action plans. And make sure you do tabletop exercises to practice what's in the plan. You know, the board should really review the results of those exercises and then mandate that any gaps or shortcomings be addressed. It's so important to practice that stuff. It's 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 amazing, you know, what you find out where things may fall apart or the plan may need to be updated. Um, make sure that those plans do include contact lists for external parties like outside counsel or regulators should a breach occur. Time is always of the essence in situations like that. And then again, those common themes of making sure you have the right, you know, organizational awareness and the board is mandating the education and the change management around any information security and cybersecurity. So I, I did also want to say that all three of the areas that we just discussed, they really need to work together. You know, data governance, data privacy, and cybersecurity, they need to be aligned, you know, under the right strategy and the right direction from the top. And that's really what the board needs to do. Set that tone at the top. Make sure you have the necessary expertise across all three of those data protection domains and require reporting directly to the board in all three areas. And, you know, I'd say if you're doing all these things, you're, you know, you're definitely on your way to really improving your data protection posture. Mark, thank you so much for all of your wisdom here. It was really a pleasure speaking with you. And I do want to further thank you because you were instrumental in the recent practice aid that we released that kind of gives you a schemata or a visual for all of the items that you just spoke about. So we will uh, post that along with the recording for, for access. And then we do have a lot of other materials that we'll be releasing, particularly in the cybersecurity area, as well as later episodes on our video webinar programs on data protection and data privacy issues. So again, many thanks, Mark, for speaking with you today. And thank you for our, to our audience as well for tuning in to BDO in the Boardroom. Thank you for listening to BDO in the Boardroom. Past episodes and related insights are available at bdo.com slash BDO Boardroom. Or you can go to iTunes or Spotify to rate, review, and subscribe. The views expressed by our guests do not necessarily reflect the views of BDO. For more information on the BDO Center for Corporate Governance and Financial Reporting and the resources we provide, visit bdo.com slash bdo knows governance.